guys and welcome to Gal. Today I'm doing a very special episode in which we're talking about Blue Reflection, one of my favorite games of all time. I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an overview about the first game before we get into the second game. All right, because the second game, we've had it for a bit. Tomorrow will be Halloween. Uh, today is the 30th. So we've had this game, I think, for two days. I haven't had a chance to play Blue Reflection Second Light yet. However, I decided I'm going to go back and play the original Blue Reflection originally I didn't actually get the opportunity to review this on the website although Koei did send us two codes I got Jacob to review it and then I just spoke about it on the podcast with Nathan but I wanted to go more in depth and before I do that I just want to thank our sponsors JList Crunchyroll. Oh, normally I would say JList last, but JList got first this time. So JList, Crunchyroll, and Japan Crate. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. If you want to check them out, go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash sponsors. In addition to that, big shout out to our patrons on Patreon and for those who support us on Coffee. Uh, if you do want to support the show, if you want to get ad-free content and early access on certain episodes, make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash get a life podcast so let's just jump into it what the hell is blue reflection for those who don't know blue reflection is a role-playing video game so a jrpg developed by gust who make the atelier games and the like they've also made fairy tale and a bunch of other games under the koei tecmo publishing arm or branch or whatever you want to call it so this game was actually released by Koei Tecmo in Japan in 2017 for the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation Vita. I did not know that this game ever got a Vita release, but it is good to know. It never got released on the Switch and never got released on other consoles as well, but it did get a uh, European release on the PlayStation 4 as well as North America. Uh, we got the release on September 2017, which wasn't that long. I mean, normally we have to wait like a year to get a game, but it's it was like maybe... I don't know, September to March. It was a good six months, which is good. This game also got made its way to the PC. I'm not sure if it was the first sort of Gust game that got a release on PC, I mean, more recently. But this game in itself, it's interesting because it has its own day and night cycle. You know, you have uh, your main character, Hinako. She's attending school, spending time with her classmates, visiting another world where she fights monsters, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's every sort of magical girl anime type situation, I guess. But this is different. This game is heartfelt. This game changed my life. And I think a little bit later on, maybe after the break, I will discuss why it changed my life. The game in itself was part of Gust's initiative or the project that they were doing called the Beautiful Girls Festival. I don't know what the Japanese name is. I'd imagine it's Bishojo Festival. I, I don't know. So I'm going to call it that. Um, basically included Atelier. Uh, Ferris and Knights of Azure 2. Uh, the game was produced by Junzo Husoi, uh, organized by Keiichi Sigsawa, I can't pronounce his name, and Yusaku Igarashi as well. And the game was supervised by Mel Kishida. That's a pretty cool name. He is a very famous Japanese illustrator working on light novel illustration, anime character design. He is, I think, the main character designer for Blue Reflection and Blue Reflection 2. He's also worked on the Blue Reflection Ray, which is the anime adaptation. Blue Reflection Ray is like set in between Blue Reflection 1 and Blue Reflection Second Light. So you can actually watch that on Funimation if you choose to. That's not even sponsored, but you can watch it on Funimation and really support the anime industry by doing so. So yeah, the game for me, when I played it originally, I heard a lot of things about it and Nathan from Koei Tecmo was the one that gave me a code and he was like, give it a try. Cause he knows I don't play Atelier games. He knows I'm very Dynasty Warriors focused or Azorochi focused. And he said, yeah, give Blue Reflection 
Satisfaction a try and I didn't really want to I was playing a lot of Persona 5 at the time I know this game came out a year after Persona 5 but I was still playing Persona 5 and you know I'm, I was obsessed with Persona 5 so this game really wasn't for me on my radar and then I decided to give it a chance because I was like you know what Nathan gave me a code I might as well play a little bit of it and I got hooked because it had certain elements that was very reminiscent of games like Persona in terms of speaking to people in that high school setting, you know, helping them out, helping them sort of overcome their troubles. I think that's always been a, a role within Persona 5, whether it's Persona 4 where you're finding your true self or Persona 5 where you're going into mementos and helping people and sort of stealing their hearts. And this game kind of felt like that. But I felt it was a lot better in the sense that the visuals I really do prefer it over Persona. And a lot of people are like, hey, 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 what the hell are you talking about? Well, let me say something here. The visuals are very refreshing. They're not as dark as a game like Persona 5. Yes, you know, it doesn't have as much flair as Persona 5, but Persona 5 has its own sort of theme and this game has its own theme as well. I liked it. I just liked the UI. I've never seen a UI in a game that was just so refreshing and so nice to be in. And to be honest with you, a lot of the game you are spending inside menus. So it was nice to see that the visual design of the game was just superb and fantastic and to be honest with you this was like my sort of first venture into gust and i thought it was an excellent one because of the ui like that's i hate saying this but the ui is fantastic when you're in the battle modes for example when you're attacking using game mechanics and stuff like that when you're when you're in battle for example everything's laid out and these sort of i don't like saying windows 8 or windows 10 live tiles but they're like these diamonds and they react in a nice way and even if you can't click on them they make this lovely little sound. I can't, I don't think I can put them in, but it's like a nudging sound just to say, hey, you can't use this at the moment. And it's these sort of visual cues and these sort of um, audio cues that really work well with the game and just chef's kiss, it's beautiful. I didn't get an opportunity to review the game. I actually let Jacob review the game. So I'm going to be taking some bits from his review. In the game, you kind of play as a, in the game, you play as your main character, Hinako Shirai, uh, who had to give up her passion of ballet because she had a knee injury i know that's spoilers but that's gal we, we give spoilers here and you know she attends this new high school she meets these twins called lime and yuzu uh yuzu is actually her name is yuzaki but they shorten it to yuzu which makes sense because they're twins and one of them is called lime and one of them is called yuzu i like that um and they turn her into a, a reflector and a reflector is basically the magical the name for the magical girls in this i was gonna say in this anime in this game so as a reflector she has you know she has your typical ana uh, your your typical magical girl anime vibe in the sense that you have you have your sort of um your your transformation sequences which you don't really get all the time i think there's an option in the settings that you can set those sequences to happen every time you get into a battle or, or stuff like that but as uh, i think usually what happens you get that sequence once per chapter at the beginning of the chapter when you first go into the common speaking of the common the common is the area or the zone within the game where you can move freely and you can fight demons it's basically the equivalent of mementos in persona 5 and the reason i say that is because you tend to go into the common to actually get more to actually complete quests right whether it's creating things like synthesizing items um for a certain quest or actually helping someone like i said it's very reminiscent of persona in that aspect in terms of story that like you're going in and you're actually helping someone and 
you're I don't know what the word is but you're actually going in and you're you know you're helping someone like I said Jacob also agreed with me the game is very simple it's very similar to Persona in the sense that you guide Hinako through her daily life and you fulfill missions at school and basically form bonds with your schoolmates it's not as in-depth as Persona 5 in the sense that when you're building bonds there's this one mission at the beginning of the game that says build bonds with your schoolmates and it's like out of 99 and that when you build your bonds it helps you level up as well as combat and and things like that but you tend to get more xp by just chilling with your friends you know speaking to them after school using the right conversation cues when they speak to you but just really hanging out after school and just chilling i've noticed that when you go out and actually want to invite someone after school you don't get to choose where you go unlike persona 5 persona 5 you get to go to kichijoji you can go to you know leblanc you can go to all of these different places in tokyo in the game you don't get that choice it will select a random place for you. So it'll take you to like the, the station or it'll take you to a gravesite or take you to a shrine. It'll take you to some very different places and depending on who you go with, your scenario will be different. I don't really want to speak about certain characters because obviously that will be spoiler filled, but there is a particular character that speaks out to mind like for example i went with mao there's a character called mao lovely girl with the green hair you know she's a, i think she's a bit sundere because it's like every time i want to speak to her she's like oh it's not like i like you or anything like you're not my friend like it's, it's sort of those responses basically she's like a famous actor and you make friends with her and i go to different places with her when you do that sort of stuff it actually increases your bond and helps you level up and it also increases your bond level with that particular character as well don't know if that's going to help anything as you level up you unlock different skills abilities by saving these students in the common for example or by just doing menial tasks like synthesizing a particular item and having that on you while you speak to someone in the real world one thing to mention in terms of story and this is very important to the story itself when hinako receives magical powers as the reflector she gets to move freely in the common right and we mentioned before that she has this knee injury and in the common she gets to feel as though she doesn't have that injury she feels as though she can do whatever she wants in the common she doesn't feel pain and i think that's very interesting as well because when you look at the gameplay your hp and your mp are fully restored after each battle which is interesting and i think a lot of people might think oh that's a bit lazy why is that but i think that it might have something to do with the fact that you can't feel pain in the common that might be a story thing or it might just be something that i'm making up i don't really know here but yeah speaking of the fact that your hp and your mp are fully restored every battle it means that basically you don't need Need to worry about creating items you don't need to worry about buying items either which is interesting because there is no currency in the game at all everything is done through a mutual exchange so you'll have a particular item in the game you exchange it for another item, which is cool i like that because if you want a certain thing you actually have to go out and make it to then exchange it for something else it's pretty cool it makes you actually go into the game appreciate the items a little bit more some people might complain about that and say well that's another unnecessary step but it gives you another thing to do and I think that's not really a bad thing, especially because this game is quite short. That's how the common is, really. It's now to talk about gameplay. Me and Jacob agree on this. Like the gameplay is incredibly uh, simple, right? You form your bonds, complete these missions, whether it's collecting fragments in the common or sorting out someone's emotional problems and concerns by defeating a particular enemy. Once again, that is very reminiscent of Mementos in Persona 5. And it is a sort of bastardized version of that. There isn't much to do there. At least with Mementos, everything is sort of 
randomly generated. In this game, it may seem like that, but really it isn't. And here, let me explain with that. So usually in the common, there's at least two or three levels that you go through. And once you finish those two or three levels, it just loops again. Of course, all of your items to pick up, the fragments that you pick up, you can't pick them up anymore because you've already picked them up. The layouts are exactly the same in most cases. So after you've visited one before and you go back, it's the same. And it has this weird map issue where you have an entry point in the beginning of the map and you have an entry point towards the end of the map as well. But if you just go to the entry point at the start of the map, it will take you to the next map, which really takes away the need for the second entry point. But I guess it's there so that you can basically defeat all the enemies and then have an entry point to the next level of the map without you having to go back on yourself. I understand that. I will have to say this, that the enemies are quite slow approaching you, etc. The movement in the common seems to be pretty dumb in the sense that there will be stairs that you can't walk up. You'll have to press circle to jump over the stairs. And I've never seen that in any JRPG before. It's just, it's really, odd you would assume she'll be able to walk up a flight of stairs and, it, and the funny thing is enemies don't need to do that i assume enemies can jump but enemies when they're chasing you they go straight up those stairs as you'd imagine so there's a little bug there i'd imagine or maybe it hasn't been set out properly the battle itself it's very round based so the way it works is that it is turn based right but it has this system that i don't think i've seen in rpgs before i know it does exist but maybe atelier is similar to this but there might be a reason why i didn't like atelier is the fact that you have a timeline at the top and it will tell you which turn everyone is going in so for example Hinako will be first if you land the first hit she will always be first to attack and then you'll have Lime and, and Yuzu there with you as well in terms of their attacking and then your enemies will attack but depending on which attacks that you use you could possibly bring enemies towards you on the timeline or enemies you know away from you on the timeline so you can push them back using a knockback effect using a knockback attack or you can use these special attacks in which you bring them forward and i imagine that's sort of you know for your counter attacks and things like that which is pretty cool at first i kind of hated the system but as you play the game more you seem to you kind of find ways out of it and you're like oh you know what i'm going to use this knockback attack here and you kind of get into the strategy of things and to be honest with you if you play your cards right in the game you can have boss battles in which the boss pretty much never attacks you i mean that is kind of broken but it does take a lot of strategy to get to that level of brokenness which is pretty cool i mean you have to be really skilled at the game to sort of figure out how to do stuff like that i managed to do it but i did it on a fluke to be honest with you but it was still cool so in terms of fighting the enemies you have this sort of tic-tac-toe similar situation to games like pokemon or persona so you'll have your circle you'll have your circle circle which is basically they're incredibly weak to that attack you'll have your triangle which means you know what they're not necessarily weak to it they will resist it and then they'll have the x in which that attack will do no damage and then a certain just a line to tell you that hey you know this is just a normal attack for that enemy and you get group attacks and things like that which is pretty cool it's pretty standard for jrpgs one thing that i do enjoy though is that unlike games like persona and pokemon you don't have to switch out things to get different types of attacks as soon as you unlock an attack it's there for you which is great which is it's fantastic especially you know learning which attacks affect different enemy types what members of your party will affect different enemy types it's stuff like that that really help to make battles a lot easier in this game so you have to figure out you know every demon's strengths and weaknesses another thing i want to mention within the gameplay before we go on to break is this thing called overdrive which is obviously one of the main features in this game you have 
have this meter that every time you attack or if you do certain attacks or if you charge something called the ether meter, it will rank up. I think when you get to 40%, you can use this thing called overdrive, which grants you another turn or another attack within your turn or another move within your turn to heal or things like that. There is no guard mechanic built into the battle system as such. There is a guard function, but it is interesting and we'll discuss it after the break when we talk a bit more about how overdrive works. So we'll see you on the other side. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at JList. JList brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly, whether that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels. JList has got you covered. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. And remember to use our link and the code GALP for 5% off on all purchases on JList. That's including pre-orders. Remember, getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thank you very much, JList for sponsoring this episode of the podcast this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the podcast you're like oh my god bish what are you talking about well basically we started off a patreon page and a coffee page so go to patreon.com forward slash get life podcast and pledge five pounds a month not including the 18 you get early access on all of our galp content that's kunai galp and umai although we won't be able to do it for review roundups because of embargoes and stuff and also you get ad free content on all the episodes so if you're listening to to this obviously you're not subscribed on patreon please do and if you're thinking oh well bish i really want to support the podcast but i can't you know do monthly payments or whatever then maybe consider supporting us on coffee as well so that is ko-fi.com forward slash get a life podcast and consider giving us a tip buying us a coffee if you will and hopefully that will help us to grow the podcast it will help us to do this full time because ultimately that's really what we want to do i'm being honest with you guys when you support us directly through patreon or coffee it really does help us out a lot and i do appreciate it so thank you hopefully you might consider that is patreon.com forward slash get life podcast or ko-fi.com forward slash get life podcast thank you and back onto the episode Okay, we are back. Uh, like I said about the overdrive uh, function is that as you attack, you gain ether and that ether, as soon as it gets to 40, you can gain another move. When it, I think it hits to 80 or 70 or so, you'll gain another move. So then you could do three moves in one turn or, and this is my favorite thing, you can do like four moves in a turn if you hit it at 100. You gain this function around chapter eight in the boss fight in which you basically get the option to perform four attacks or four moves in a boss fight or in any fight that you reach 100% overdrive but on top of that you perform something called a link attack in which all three characters will join together to produce this one mega attack which is fantastic and it deals a hell of a lot of damage what i tend to do is for example if i'm using if i'm using overdrive i tend not to use it with lime or yuzu i tend to use it with hinako for one simple reason hinako has a certain skill that i think if you use 20 mp you can restore all of your mp for your whole party which is fantastic so what i tend to do is that when i have the overdrive on so i'll do two attacks and then i'll do an mp recovery and then i'll do an ether recovery as well because the ether recovery i think costs 99 so it boosts it up by like 40 percent and then every time you land an attack especially during boss fights you gain more ether so it's just basically a cycle of just spamming 
the overdrive function in the game. And to be honest with you, it does require a little bit of thinking to get to that point. And when you do, you just feel like a boss, like a god even. And it's it's great. Another thing to mention is that within the boss battles specifically, you have your friends to help you. You have supporters. So the girls that you speak to in the beginning of the game, the girls that you help out, I think there's like maybe 12 of them and they can help you in battle, right? So they each one has their own effects. Some are more useful than others. I mean, there's one girl that just kicks a can at an enemy, does like maybe 300 damage, which is not that cool. I mean, it's not that great. And then there's other characters like Chihiro. I think her name is Chihiro, the girl with the pink hair, in which she will bring out this really sort of cute yet ugly soft toy that she has made it will heal your whole party and revive them which is just insane it's like it's really op but it's really fun at the same time and then you get some really interesting ones there's a character like yuri which you'll meet later on her support attack is basically her shooting at the enemy and they don't do much damage to be honest with you but they're good ether builders so you use those in conjunction with your main attacks to sort of build up your ether meter so then you could just max overdrive and just continue with that and that again i will say this battle at times can be incredibly repetitive especially if you're in the common or if you're in a long boss battle in which you know it's just the patterns again and again and again and again and it can be a bit boring there isn't much to do the game is very linear in the sense that everything works out the same way so the beginning of the chapter you'll get these missions to do you complete those missions you do the stuff in the common you report back to lime and yuzu and then the chapter ends i mean the chapter ends once you decide to report to yuzu once you've completed those missions you can report to them before if you've got enough um i don't know if they're like social points or bond points or whatever if you've got enough points and you get quite a lot of points for doing the missions anyway so if you get enough points you can basically end the chapter by speaking to yuzu and lime or what i do and this sort of helps me level up quite quickly is that I don't end the chapter. I will continue to go home and I will go into, you know, you'll get options, especially certain points of the games, you'll get options like stretch for tomorrow or prepare for tomorrow's theater recital or whatever. When you do stuff like that, or you get the option to, usually you'll get the option to just go in the bathtub and actually think. And that doesn't always help you do anything really. I mean, you'll get certain options like massaging your legs that might increase your speed or stuff like that. But if you do the stretching or studying, it will increase certain stats um stretching you'll increase a random stat each time depending on who you see because you're stretching for swim practice or whatever for tomorrow and then it will basically have a cutscene around lunchtime where you're in the swimming pool with another one of your friends or you're in the showers with another one of your friends and you have these discussions and it tends to be very like weird not weird discussions but it tends to be very odd discussions like you'll have characters that are basically they'll comment on your figure or they'll say oh you got really nice hair i really wish you had hair like that or they'll actually have some really serious conversations with you in the shower or in the changing rooms or in the swimming and you tend to get like plus three luck or you'll get like plus three speed or plus three attack stuff like that and I, I think in the later game that is very beneficial to you because you know you're getting more out of it you're getting actual stat boosts permanent stat boosts because you've actually had a conversation with a friend which is really cool and it sort of puts more emphasis on actually caring about these characters because you're spending the time you're learning about these characters and you're getting rewarded for that and I don't think I've actually seen a game other than Persona do something like the power of bonds the power of bonds aren't necessarily as powerful as 
Persona. You know what I mean? Because Persona is all based around social links and stuff like that. But it gives you a little glimpse of that. And I, and I do appreciate that. So yeah, another thing is the comment is pretty repetitive. Every battle in the comment tends to be the same. You're fighting the same bosses in most cases. Uh, even the boss battles are pretty much the same in this game. You get introduced to them very early on. And then towards the end of the game, you're still fighting the same bosses. So you already know what patterns you need to do. But it gets really boring and really repetitive. But yeah, is it bad? No, because I don't necessarily play this game for the battle mechanics. I do understand that it is quite basic, but I play it because of the story and I play it because of the visuals. And that's something that I want to talk about as well. We are going to go on another ad break because you know what? We got to pay the bills somehow. We've got to keep the lights on somehow. Before we go on to that, if you are subscribing on Patreon, well, then you don't need to listen to an ad and good on you. So we'll get back to our final portion where I'm going to talk about the game design and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the game mechanics as well. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll premium service that means anime without ads 1080p hd you can watch it on all your favorite devices your tvs your phones whatever even if you want to watch it on your chromecast you can as well that's amazing go and check them out 14 day free trial You've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet so go and check them out it's a no-brainer lads getlifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll thank you crunchyroll for sponsoring this episode of the podcast this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. And if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates, go and check out our YouTube channels. Links will be in the description. So go and check them out. Thank you, Japan Crate, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Okay, we are back for the final portion of the Blue Reflection 1 episode in which we're talking about Blue Reflection. Thank you for listening to those ads, by the way. And thank you, if you are a Patreon subscriber, for not listening to those ads and actually supporting the show through Patreon. I really do appreciate it. So within the game, there's a lot of other smaller things that I did enjoy. If you press triangle, you open up your menu and your menu is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in this game. You get these lovely tile animation that comes up and the menu is quite simple. So you've got your status where you can basically upgrade your characters, level them up, attach new fragments, which are basically you gain from the girls after you have bonds with them. They're basically like equipment, right? You equip these functions that they'll add plus five attack to your skills and stuff like that. It's basically your equivalent of armor and weapons in this game. In addition to that, if you press L1, you bring up this map in which you can traverse quite quickly through the game right you could you can go through to certain rooms that in conjunction by pressing triangle and seeing where you need to speak who you need to speak to in what place you can traverse the game really quickly 
And it is good that the, the menu is really well designed and the map is really well designed because you spend a lot of your time in menus in this game. And if you don't like that, then it might not be the game for you. But I really do enjoy just because of the, the music and the, the way the menu looks is fantastic. So I don't mind it as such. You also have access to a phone in this game in which you can speak to your characters, raise your bonds up that way, similar to Persona, or you have a virtual sort of pet similar to Tamagotchi. I don't pay much attention to it because I don't really see much out of it. They will give you gifts and they can give you items, but this isn't a game that I need to use items. I don't think I've ever used items in battle once. And I was playing this game on normal. So it just shows the function and the actual usefulness of items in this game. There is also something that you can access, which is called the jukebox, in which all of the tracks that you've unlocked, you can listen to them. And when you listen to them, you can also listen to them outside of the phone. If you press square, it will play that track over and over again. And that is something that I wanted to mention, music in this game. The music is fantastic. Each track is superbly composed and some of them really make me feel like they're, they're really heartwarming. And I'll agree with Jacob here. He mentioned that the voice acting is spot on for each character and the sound effects are realistic. And that is something that I will say. I tend to play this game with headphones on just because the music is so fucking amazing. And you will listen to certain things like footsteps. And it's like, I've never seen a game that pays so much attention to footsteps other than a game like Call of Duty, right? Where footsteps are very important. But this isn't something that's important, but they put so much detail into it. And character designs are beautiful as well. No two characters look the same in this game, but you can tell that they have a similar style to them, which I find really rare. Like if you look at certain anime like uh, Haganai, for example if you shave all the characters heads they all look the same but in this game everyone looks so different like everyone has like different face shapes different eye colors different hair colors different hairstyles as well and i've noticed that when i'm looking at a character like hinako her hair looks really beautiful like it's shimmering it looks great and i think that's probably down to the engine that this game is built in i don't know what engine koei is using but it's superb but at the same time it's almost fake in a way it's, it feels almost fake it feels like a porcelain doll it feels like a barbie like everything seems very manufactured very perfect if that makes sense and i think that's also part of the game i think that's intended by the game designers because you look at these characters and they seem perfect but they have their own problems that they've got to deal with some of them have some really dodgy shit going on some of them have a lot of malice in their hearts some of them have got a lot of hatred in their hearts some of them have got a lot of jealousy and you don't see that because all the characters have this sort of porcelain doll look to them and it's about looking beyond that and i think this game teaches us that it's about looking beyond that looks right looking into the person, looking into someone's heart and trying to understand them. And we see Hinako doing that quite a lot in this game, especially with other characters, right? She wants to make friends with characters to help them. She wants to look into their heart. She wants to understand who they are so that she can better understand herself. And I think that's very admirable. And that's something that I think a lot of people when they were reviewing this game originally sort of missed out on. A lot of people tend to review games very superficially. And I think even in this game, a lot of other characters were looking at other characters very superficially. We don't need to do the same. We don't need to look at things very superficially. We need to have a deeper understanding of what's going on. Graphics are good. Like I said, every character just looks beautiful. Scenery is also really nice as well. I mean, it is weird. There's a lot of stuff that you can do in the common in the sense that the sceneries are nice. There's some sceneries early in the game that I really hated. It's sort of this weird Halloween forest vibe. I hated that. But then when you got into the ice and, you know, the garden places and even, even the magma sort of common area is quite nice as well. The visuals as well, the audio as well is fun. The audio is fantastic. I wish that the 
soundtrack was on Spotify because I remember when this game came out, I was listening to one track. I think it's called Overdose. It's so good. There were times where I would just stay in the battle, not do anything just to listen to that music. If I was cleaning my room or if I was hoovering or something or, you know, whatever you tend to do. If I'm cooking, I just put that music in the background and listen to it while the game is playing. And it's great. There are some issues that I would say I didn't necessarily notice, but Jacob did pick up on. And that tends to be frame rates. Frame rates tend to be a bit bad and character animations can be a bit wonky. I did notice the character animations, particularly in shading. One thing that I did notice, there was this one battle victory pose in which Yuzu and Lime are hugging Hinako. And you can tell that the colors are a bit off because you're getting shadows coming in from places that it's like, where the hell are these shadows coming from? So I can understand why Jacob brought that up, you know, and the fact that the game is quite repetitive. Jacob did mention in his review, because I'm looking at his review again, he did mention that he got bored halfway through the game and that was interesting because I was looking at the achievement list for the game and a lot of the achievements are actually hidden but I got quite a lot of achievements and it seems to be the case that only 30% of people that have played this game have actually completed this game looking at the achievements because I see a lot of people tend to get you know it says 100% or 80% of people have completed this achievement and it's like complete chapter one complete chapter two I think by the time it got through to chapter five it dropped to like 30% of people getting that achievement for clearing chapter five and you can check it on the PSN store if you own this game you can see the number of people that have gotten those achievements and it's upsetting yes the game is repetitive I understand that people probably would have been like hey you know what I don't have much time to spend on this game but story is fantastic. The visuals are great. You know what? It, it upset me a little bit just to see that not many people have, have played this game. There are actually 12 chapters in this game. So you can complete it quite quickly if you sort of decide, oh, I'm not going to do the side missions, which you really don't need to do. Or you can decide to take the time and do the side missions. I've been doing that. I've been going back and doing the side missions just because I wanted to immerse myself into the story, immerse myself into this game. This game is great. That's what I want to end off with. It's a great game in my opinion. I think that Koei made this game more as a tech demo and you're like what it's a relatively short game 12 chapters isn't that long for a JRPG uh, especially that you can sort of zip through this game if you don't do side missions it feels a bit longer because of the repetitive nature of the game and I get it I originally when I played this game I felt that okay we're gonna see a lot of things coming from this game that we're gonna see in future Gus titles and we did we saw features from this game make its way to Fairy Tale. we saw features from this game make its way to Atelier Riser a lot of features that we saw made its way to future Gust games and I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that as a game is it worth the full price tag at the time probably not because to be honest with you and I don't want people to take this as an offense to the game but this game is a effectively a tech demo a beautiful tech demo for things to come that's all i have to say about the game yes it is repetitive music's fantastic audio is great visuals are great as well i would have liked to have seen more in terms of story don't get me wrong but the reason why i say that this game is basically a test bed or a pilot is because of the fact that i remember when this game was being released and they had you know stuff at tgs and they mentioned that this game was part of the Be beautiful girls festival project and it had the name project in it okay this is the final game in Gus Beautiful Girls project I didn't think that Koei were actually going to do a second game but I think probably this game took off and it made a fair bit of money probably in Japan I'd imagine also in the west as well that they felt that look we need to make a second game and they did which we'll be talking about on a future episode of Gout we'll be talking about Blue Reflection Second Light a game that's out on the PS4, the Switch, and PC, which is fantastic. One thing that I will mention is that the first game 
isn't released on Switch. So if you want to buy the original Blue Reflection, it's out on PC and PS4. The reason why I think that is, is because I think the game had a PlayStation exclusivity for consoles because it was released on Vita as well. Or it might be because of the fact that, you know, they were releasing this game on Vita and then probably the Vita doesn't really exist anymore. There's no real support for the Vita anymore. So then they were like, okay, we need to release the second one on Switch. Koei, if you're listening, please release the first Blue Reflection on the Switch as well so that people can get the opportunity to play Blue Reflection on the Switch if they don't have a PS4 or PC. All right, that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I did want to go more in depth with how I feel and why this game is one of my favorites, but I will say it right at the end. So I will t I'll take like maybe five minutes to say this because I don't really need to say more of it, but I like the human nature of this game. I like the fact that it focuses on problems that real people will have. And I appreciate that, you know, because I see myself in a lot of these characters, especially Hinako, right? You know, I see myself to be a similar type of person like i i have the same struggles as hinako i have you know at times i can see myself as mao for example i can see myself as lime there's a lot of characters that i do relate there were points in this game where i cried because i saw you know that sort of reflection on my own life if that makes sense I, as if i was looking into a mirror i was looking into my reflection wow that is that is like high level bish emotion so yeah i i was looking into my own reflection while i was playing this game and it was great and i appreciated that and i wish more games would take the time to to think about the human emotion and the human psyche a bit more and i, I appreciate that so thank you koei for actually making this game and thank you for giving me a review code ages ago and i know you probably want to hear me talk about blue reflection second light and you know what we will be doing that i will need to play this game i had to play blue reflection one first before going into the second blue reflection needs to refresh myself a little bit and i need to tell more people about this game because blue reflection second light is a sequel not many people know that but it is a sequel with different characters anyway thank you to our sponsors jlist japan crate and crunchyroll in addition to that thank you for you guys who are subscribed on patreon and for our supporters on coffee as well remember our next episode i think will hopefully be about i think either saints row or blue reflection second light i'm not too sure but we'll get into it and yeah bye